June 10th, 1995. Six-year-old Scott went out with his mother and nine-year-old brother to buy ice cream from a cheerful neighborhood ice cream truck. But their simple outing took a tragic turn when after getting his ice cream, Scott suddenly ran out from behind the ice cream truck and was hit by a passing vehicle. The impact sent Scott tumbling through the air and he landed on the pavement 25 feet away from the accident point. His mother, Karen, rushed to the scene only to find her son lifeless, his pulse taken away by fate. Inside their home, Scott's father witnessed the horrifying accident through a window. He immediately called 911, then rushed to his son's side, holding Scott and whispering words of love while they waited for the ambulance. Scott was quickly taken away to the hospital and admitted to the intensive care unit. There, he lay in a coma, monitored by medical instruments. He had a concussion, a skull fracture, a ruptured eardrum, a fractured pelvis, swelling in his head, and various cuts and bruises. When Scott woke up in the intensive care unit, he began to describe his traumatic experience. He recalled the collision and the feeling of being unable to escape it, comparing it to a powerful blow from the depths of hell. As his memories became hazy, Scott talked about a surreal experience where he felt like he was in two places at once, one inside his injured body and another as a distant observer under a tree 30 feet away. In this strange duality, he watched his own body somersault through the air feeling disconnected from the world around him. Scott's brother, Graham, later admitted that he heard Scott's pleas in his thoughts, but couldn't respond as he watched over his unconscious brother. In this silent state, Scott could hear his father's words of love, but he couldn't physically touch or interact with them. He felt isolated with only his own thoughts as company. As Scott's experience continued, he described encountering a bizarre vortex, a tunnel on the ground that looked like a sinister whirlwind. Inside, he faced a terrifying devil, a repulsive being that spoke in a raspy, malevolent voice, labeling him as bad and trying to take his soul. This figure, covered in sores and slime, filled Scott with a sense of unbearable dread. Scott's memories became less clear as he sought refuge from this malevolent presence, holding onto his faith and believing that God saved him. Moving through the tunnel, Scott was drawn to a distant, welcoming light where he saw the faces and heard the voices of all the people who had known and loved him, including his recently deceased uncle, Russell. This experience was in stark contrast to the earlier dread. The light emanated a benevolent presence that Scott could only describe as godly. He also encountered a lesser light, possibly an angel named Susan, who guided him through an otherworldly place, the details of which were fading from his memory. The final part of his experience was when the angel led Scott to a place he initially referred to as a dungeon, but later described as a safe place that was protected from the malevolent devil. In this sanctuary, darkness provided a sense of safety, 
and this haunting image was the last fragment before Scott woke up in the hospital room. This unsettling account of Scott's near-death experience came to the attention of Richard J. Bonafont. Thanks to a referral from a hospice worker, Bonafont sent questionnaires to Scott's parents to gather more information, and he reached out to them for a more in-depth interview with their son, who was 11 years old at this time. Scott's parents, concerned about their son's unsettling story, provided a significant amount of documentation, including a narrative written by Scott himself in 1997, when he was just eight years old. They also shared drawings Scott had made of the devil and angel he encountered. In March 1999, Bonafont asked Scott to create new drawings of the devil and angel from his current perspective. The updated devil drawing portrayed a malevolent figure with red eyes, raised eyebrows, pointed teeth, and words implying ownership of Scott's soul. The recent angel drawing retained its radiant glow, as Scott believed it had a connection to God but existed separately from him. Was this experience just a mere figment of Scott's imagination, or was this just a taste of what the afterlife has in store? The following program contains topics describing graphic violence, strong sexual content, explicit language, and elements that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a world where darkness and mystery converge. Navigate the depths of horror and true crime and embark on a journey beyond the ordinary. Where everyday discussions, paranormal tales, and listener-submitted experiences blend into a realm of the unknown. In this dimension, prepare to explore the uncharted, confront the sinister, and question the very fabric of reality. You have crossed into a place where the unusual becomes ordinary, and the terrifying is just the beginning. My name is Ralph Anthony, and welcome to the Scream Queer Podcast. Welcome to season three, everyone. Thank you so much for listening into this episode. It's a special day. Today is the one year anniversary of the podcast, and I couldn't be any more happy. I'm just so proud of myself for sticking to it, committing, and following through. But I'm also proud of just how far the podcast has come. It's evolved so much. All I can promise from here on out is this season is going to dig deeper into not just the true crime, paranormal horror aspects, but I want to dig deeper into the vulnerable and personal aspects. If you're new here, hi, welcome in. So glad that you're here. If you've been a listener, I'm grateful you're still here. I love you. Before we get started, please take some time to rate on Spotify, plus rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I always strive for fives. You know this. And it really helps me put this podcast out there. So let's kick things off, shall we? I want to start off with a new segment that I call Brain Drains. 
what I'll be doing for this segment and for future episodes that this segment is featured in is discussing current topics, issues, funny submissions, shorter submissions, horror film news, and unpopular opinions, my favorite. It's basically going to be a hot topic segment where I'll talk about anything and everything, topics that have been on my, well, brain. So let's begin here with some listener submissions. In December 2018, my mom and grandmother went on a quick trip to Mexico and they ended up staying at one of my aunt's home. One night, when they were laying in bed, my grandmother worriedly told my mom to turn the lights on because someone was pulling her feet. My mom thought she was overreacting, but did as my grandmother asked and turned the lights on. When my mom turned back to see my grandmother, she saw a really white, pale-faced lady with blonde hair laying right behind my grandmother. My mom didn't say anything. She just quickly looked away and didn't sleep or move for the rest of the night. Jeez. The next morning, my mom told my aunt about what she had seen, and my aunt did mention that they had had a couple vigils with the body present in the home in the past. My mom and grandmother to this day have never stayed in that house again. Okay. (laughs) two things here how was your mom able to just lie back down knowing that there was this entity laying next to her mother when i tell you my mind just created a whole horror film scenario with the jump scare based on this incident that's absolutely terrifying second thing what is it with this pale white-haired ghost she shows up to wreak havoc quite a bit (laughs) if you listened last season i covered another submission of a girl who saw a floating head of a pale white-haired woman next to her i also talked about how my paternal grandmother experienced a white-haired pale-faced woman standing over her as she napped in her recliner i'm only kidding when i insinuate it's the same ghost but how terrifying i've got another submission here which reads I had a really unsettling experience years ago when I used to experiment with really intense drugs. I was in a really dark space and I challenged everything. The first encounter, I was walking home from a deal and saw what appeared to be the Virgin Mary's silhouette on a tree. First reaction, I dismissed it as creepy lighting, but as I got closer, I seen horns emerge from the head of the shadow and it moved off of the tree, disappearing. I had about crapped my pants and jogged to my place looking behind me often. Another encounter, I heard movement in my kitchen. I remember yelling out to get the fuck out of my house because this activity was a regular occurrence. I don't remember what else I had said, but I was saying a lot of shit. I kid you not, my body was pushed to the ground and I remember a heavy feeling and a deep voice just screaming in my ear. That was the scariest experience of my life, and I have no idea what that was. I am clean and sober now for six years, and I still experience unexplainable instances, but nothing to that extent. I guess you can say that moment altered my path in life. Wow. Well, first off, 
congratulations uh, first and foremost for overcoming in my opinion the ultimate demon addiction I applaud you for your strength and I appreciate you for sharing your experience I, I don't even know how to react to this I'm I'm not here trying to debunk the experience but I do know that if this story were to come across a skeptic they'll bring up arguments that heavy drugs can trigger some sort of psychosis or paranoia hallucinations then you have another argument and I kind of fall more into this area where I feel and you've also shared that even after getting clean you still experience these occurrences but I feel perhaps some drugs can trigger or make you more vulnerable to these types of experiences. But I want to know more what you all think about this one. Send me an email at screamqueercast at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram at screamqueerpodcast. Let's move on. Okay. I received a really sweet email submission. It wasn't a question or a story. I had emailed with this listener before and answered some questions. Anyway, it was just really sweet and I wanted to share and give them a little shout out because this is just so awesome. The email reads, and just a side note, I'm going to dance around some things so it can make sense since y'all aren't going to get like some of the context. So it reads, hi again. I'm so sorry to reach out again so soon, but I just heard the episode where you covered the Chapman case in Newark, Delaware. I live near there. It was such a scary and horrible case so close to home. Delaware is such a small state, so I was excited to hear you cover it. Still loving the podcast, your openness and vulnerability in addition to the horror and fact sharing are just chef's kiss. When I tell you, my eyes watered because this supporter gets it. There are so many great podcasts out there that cover horror and all of this true crime, but again, I don't want every episode to be a Beyond Belief or Unsolved Mystery Horror show. I want to add some personal elements to keep the show human and add some depth, which is why I have some sort of a structure, but at the same time, I don't. Not every episode will be the same, so I really appreciate this listener for getting it. So if you're listening and you submitted this, I just want to simply say thank you. All right, before I get overly emotional here. Moving on from submissions. Do we remember Tiffany Gomez? You know, that Texas woman who went all viral for her freak out on a plane? Well, she's finally spilling the tea about what actually happened on that July 2nd flight. She spilled during an interview on the Pardon My Take podcast. So turns out her viral meltdown wasn't because she saw something crazy or otherworldly. Nope. It was all about a heated argument with another passenger that just got way out of control. Remember that bizarre line she dropped saying, I'm telling you right now, that motherfucker back there is not real. Yeah, well, she hadn't explained that cryptic quote until now. Back in August, she posted an apology on social media, which I covered last season, but things still felt off. 
So on the podcast she went on, she admitted she'd kept quiet for months because she found the whole situation embarrassing and awkward. She said, you know, the reason I probably haven't come out yet, because it's like so cringe, I did not see anything. She also called it a really, really bad moment and absolutely mortifying. During the podcast, she talked about how her meltdown went viral with over 450 million people seeing it, but she was just relieved that most people didn't think it was her and that not real comment. Well, it turns out it was just an outburst during that argument, not some paranormal revelation, she explained. It was an expression of speech. As for what started the argument with the other passenger, She seemed a bit hesitant to spill all the details and only mentioned it started when she switched seats from an aisle to a middle one. She also noted that there was some really negative energy surrounding the whole situation and she didn't want to dive into all of the nitty gritty details because it's still ongoing. Sounds a little sus to me still. I'm the king of speaking in riddles and how she words certain sentences, it makes me believe she wants to say more but can't that's just my theory we've all been around some negative or off energy but i don't think we react the same way tiffany has i mean i respect her approach again maybe she's being silenced though all we can do is wait and see about this one moving quite swiftly here hi horror fans any terrifier fans out there earlier this month Terrifier 2, that old controversial film that had people throwing up in their popcorn, had a special screening on November 1st, and after the film ended, a new film, Terrifier 3, was teased with the teaser trailer screened after the credits. Not only is it a sequel, but it's a wait-for-it Christmas sequel. We aren't given much. Again, it's a teaser, but all we see is a child going downstairs to find Santa under his tree, Little does he know, the psychotic killer clown Art is dressed as everyone's favorite Christmas icon. Now, I have to give it to the creator Damien Leone. After the success of Terrifier 2, he was apparently approached by big film industry tie-ins who wanted to purchase the rights and distribute the film. The film is on the lower budget side of the spectrum and has smaller distribution companies that are backing it. However, Damien allegedly declined because Hollywood companies tend to water down everything, which I believe is true. So he's sticking to keeping Art the Clown an indie horror icon, which I absolutely love. Staying true to his original vision is admirable. You never want to sell out. It can be a good thing when you have a well-known company backing a product or idea you have, but most times you have too many people sticking their hands in it and things start to really get muddy and it like loses its essence. Damien also stated that Terrifier 3 will have the same tone as the first film, Terrifier. We will be the judge of that when the film is released on October 25th, 2024. Let's take a break. True Crime Cases when we come back. Spotify's got a perfect platform that lets you create content, distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. It's simple, all in one place, and most importantly, it's free. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts anywhere, right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating now. Spotify for Podcasters lets you distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are available. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. So not only can you be heard, be seen. Take conversations with your fans and listeners 
listeners to a whole new level with Q&A and polls. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, where you can release subscription-only exclusive content, such as early releases and bonus episodes. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Scream Queer Podcast has been utilizing Spotify for Podcasters from the very beginning. I've had a blast doing it, from the simple editing and crop audio feature to the cool sounds and interludes that can help take your show to the next level. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app now or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Schweiger residence. Yes. This is the 911 operator with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Yes. We just received a call from your address. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my little brother. I'm sorry. What, what's he doing? Is he trying to call someone? Or? Yeah, and he doesn't know how to dial. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. No problem. Okay, everything's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No problem. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 911, do you have a police fire medical emergency? Yes. <laughs> Beating up my mom. Your dad is beating up your mom? Yes. Okay, hon, stay on the phone with me, okay? Okay. What's your name? Brittany. Brittany? Okay, Brittany, we're going to have someone come out to help you, okay? Okay. Okay, stay on the phone with me, all right? Okay. Okay. Is your dad actually hitting your mom right now? Anyone need any medical help or anything like that? No. 
Okay, there's just a fight going on. He's a little out of control, but please don't send anybody. Okay, I understand. It's fine. It's fine. Daughter, that he was hitting you. Has he done this in the past? Um, we're just packing to move, and there was some stress. Okay. Okay. Well, we're just real concerned about your welfare. Okay. Yes. And uh, we are going to ask an officer to come by. Don't. No. Okay. Why, why are you concerned about an officer coming by? Please don't. Okay. I can I hear you saying you don't want someone to come by. Can you it's tell fine. me why? It's fine. Okay. Just please don't. Okay. Has this happened? Well, I need to know why you don't want someone to come by. Just please don't. Okay. I'm serious. Okay. Well, now that we do have officers in route, we can't cancel that, so they are coming by. The 911 call you just heard at first sounded like a prank or spoof at first because there are a number of those out there. But as I listened further, I wanted to know more. Looking for any information I could find, it was somewhat difficult to seek out anything about this case. Then I went on TikTok and did some digging. First off, There were a number of opinions and input from victims of domestic abuse who I could sympathize with, some stating that if the police showed up and then left without any arrests, it would only make the situation worse for Ms. Schweiger and the children. While others commenting on the little boy covering up for his father and being silent out of fear, it's a really unfortunate and sad situation, any domestic situation is, So, after doing some more digging, what happened after the call, a resident from Douglas County stated that Mr. Schweiger was charged with domestic violence and was visibly upset once authorities had arrived to the property. Not only was he upset, but he had a kitchen knife in hand and was threatening his wife and children's lives if police were to enter the property. Once he was apprehended, his alcohol levels were taken and showed up four times the legal amount. I am just happy that in this case, the police were able to take the aggressor into custody then and there. Help is available. Speak with someone today. Call 800-799-7233 or text 88788 to start a chat. Help is available now and available 24-7. Well, that's a wrap. Submit your questions and stories to screamqueercast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at screamqueerpodcast. You can also submit your stories and questions on those platforms as well. But again, just thank you for listening. And a huge thank you to those listeners who submitted in. Until next time, I'll scare you all on the next episode.
Welcome back to hell, everyone. <laughs>